0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Solving the Puzzle with Dr. Datis Karazian informing you about evidence-based strategies for autoimmune disease, brain health issues, Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, gut health problems, and many other chronic health conditions. If you enjoy this podcast, you can find more information on today's episode and other topics at drknews.com.
1: Okay, in this podcast, I want to go over what do Thyroid Lab test markers really tell you? And let's just start by telling you that they tell you a lot. <laughs> they tell you a lot about what's happening with your physiology, um, what's happening with your feedback loops, how your thyroid levels can be converting, assuming that you get the the right markers tested. So, when you look at the the first marker and the one of the most important markers for looking at hypo or looking for thyroid function, it's the lab marker called TSH thyroid stimulating hormone. And thyroid stimulating hormone is actually not a thyroid hormone. So thyroid stimulating hormone is a pituitary hormone. So the master you know, endocrine gland is the pituitary and the pituitary gland releases all these stimulating hormones to activate the endocrine system. And the pituitary hormone, thyroid stimulating hormone, also known as TSH, it does exactly what it says. It stimulates the thyroid gland to then activate hormone production. So, TSH is released by the pituitary when your circulating thyroid hormone levels are low. So, throughout your body, you have some degree of thyroid hormones, and and thyroid hormones um, get into circulation and they cross your blood brain barrier. They get into the area of your brain called the hypothalamus, and your hypothalamus starts to regulate how much circulating. Thyroid hormones are in your bloodstream. And if your thyroid hormones and your thyroid hormone levels in your bloodstream are low, then the hypothalamus stimulates this pituitary gland, the master gland of the endocrine system, to then release thyroid stimulating hormone. And then that thyroid stimulating hormone activates and stimulates the thyroid gland to produce thyroid hormones. It's the basic normal response. So if the thyroid gland isn't actually producing thyroid hormones, then TSH levels will go up. So that's the diagnostic laboratory marker for hypothyroidism. So elevated thyroid stimulating hormone is basically letting you know when you're reading at your lab test that your gland isn't working and your TSH levels are high because your pituitary is trying to activate it since there's not enough circulating hormone levels. And the most common cause of Having high TSH, which is then classified as hypothyroidism, is uh, Hashimoto's, which is the autoimmune destruction of the thyroid gland. Now, in a normal response, your uh, pituitary releases thyroid stimulating hormone, your thyroid gland produces T4 and T3. So the main thyroid hormones the thyroid gland produces is something called thyroxine, which is known as T4. And then the other one is triidothyronine. And, and basically, these are uh, a protein called thyroglobulin and iodine bound together. Four of them bound together is T4. Three of them bound together is T3. Now, what's interesting about T4 and T3 thyroid hormones is that the T4 and T3 thyroid hormones um, have different effects uh, or have different degrees of activity. So T3 is really active. T3 is the most active thyroid hormone. And then T4 sometimes is even considered pre-thyroid hormone, even though it's a thyroid hormone, it, it really has to be converted into T3 to be really efficient in activating thyroid receptor sites. So your thyroid gland mostly makes t4 and makes this precursor form of thyroid hormone instead of the really active one t3 and then people people always wonder like why doesn't your thyroid just make more t3 than t4 well t4 that's made by the thyroid gland gets converted into tissues throughout the body like the brain like the liver your muscles into t3 so there's enzymes in the body called 5-deidinase enzymes, and there's different types of 5-deidinase enzymes depending on which tissue is involved. And what they do is they convert the T4 hormone that your thyroid gland makes, which is 90% of its production, into T3 when it's needed to activate receptors. So when you're looking at lab tests, you got to realize that, that when you look at what the thyroid gland is producing, it's actually T4 and T3 levels. And the marker that's really showing how activated the thyroid is becoming is TSH. Now, you should also know that you could have someone that has hypothyroidism and their T4 and T3 levels are totally normal. But if their TSH levels are high, that means the thyroid gland is dysfunctioning. So how does that work? Well, let's say you have a thyroid gland that's been injured by the autoimmune response, right? So Antibodies were formed. Your immune system started to, let's say, let's say attack your thyroid gland, and then your thyroid gland was less efficient over a period of time. And now your circulating levels of T4 and T3 are low, and your pituitary and hypothalamus pathways recognize that their thyroid gland is not producing, so it puts out TSH. But not only does it put out a little bit of TSH, it puts out a lot of TSH. So let's say your TSH levels, you know, go up by 100%. So your, let's say normal levels of TSH are that are released are three. Now they're, now they're six, or now they're nine, now they're 12. It could be up 100 200 300% of what it normally is. And let's say that the fact that your thyroid stimulating hormone levels are now up three times normal is activating your thyroid gland from the snapshot of when you took your blood test to look as if your T4 and T3 levels were normal. Just the fact that the TSH levels are you know, extremely elevated is telling you that the thyroid gland isn't working, that the pituitary has to really activate uh, those tissues with an enormous amount of stimulating hormone to get them to work. And this is why just looking at T4 and T3 levels alone don't make any sense because you could have totally normal T4 and T3 levels with someone that has... Thyroid gland dysfunction. So, TSH is your key marker. It's the best and most clinically diagnostic marker to tell if uh, the thyroid gland is working properly. So, what some people, what you see with some people is they want to get their blood test and they just want to look at T4 and T3 levels, assuming that's how you assess thyroid function. So, once again, if the T4 and T3 levels are normal, but TSH levels are extremely high, that is still an indication of hypothyroidism. So you don't diagnose hypothyroidism with your T4 and T3 levels, you diagnose it with TSH. Now, you also have to remember that T4 and T3 levels are are fluctuating all the time in your circulation. So if you get a blood draw and you get your T4 and T3 measurements if you get it done in the morning and in the afternoon and in the evening, they're going to be they're going to be different. They could still fall in within the laboratory reference range. And that's why we have a reference range, you know, for a certain amount of th- hormones being produced because they're fluctuating at different levels throughout the day. But there is a normal mean range um, that they fall within. Within, but your TSH is pretty constant all the time. It doesn't fluctuate much. So when the thyroid gland's not working. It's, it's, it's doing, it's doing its job stemming that hormone unless other mechanisms take place, which we'll talk about. So those are the key markers, TSH, T4, and T3. And the key thing to remember is that the majority of thyroid hormones being produced are actually 90% of them are this T4 form. And T4 is not very active and has to be converted to T3. So then the T4 that's circulating in your body, It'll get to a tissue that it needs to get into, and then the enzyme 5-deidinase will convert it into T3. It'll take off one of those tyrosine iodine groups and convert it into the T3 form, and then that T3 form has really the significant amount of metabolic activity. Now, you should also know that when you're looking at lab tests, you'll see T4 listed as thyroxine or you might, list, you might see it listed on the lab report as T4. Uh, sometimes some labs will give you both names. Other times, and then I should say, when you look at T3, T3 will be listed as either triidothyronine or T3, or some labs will give you both names. Now you'll see the word total T4 or total T3. So why are they using that word total T4 and total T3? What does that really mean? Well, When you look at hormones, and we're just gonna stick to thyroid hormones for now, but when you look at thyroid hormones, thyroid hormones are bound to a protein um, called thyroid-binding globulin. And they're bound to this protein because this protein helps them transport itself throughout the system. So when your endocrine gland makes hormones, Ultimately, those hormones have to bind to a receptor, and thyroid hormone receptors are found all throughout the body. There's receptor sites for thyroid hormones in every cell in the body, every tissue in the body, because it controls the metabolic activity of the cell. So what tends to happen is, or I should say, what happens with normal physiology is your thyroid gland, when it makes its hormones, it's not just T4 and T3 um, by itself. It's T4 and T3 that's bound to thyroid binding globulin and then that binding of thyroid hormone to thyroid binding globulin allows it to be transported to tissues but it can't bind to receptor sites so think of like hormones binding into a receptor site like a key fitting into a keyhole right well when the thyroid binding globulin is attached to it it can't bind to the receptor site so that hormone has to become what's called free and this is where the word total and free come in that I want you to understand when you look at your lab test. So when you look at um, thyroid hormones, they have to lose that thyroid-binding globulin protein and they have to become free. And once they become free, which means it's just the actual T3 and T4 without the thyroid-binding globulin attached to it, that's when they can actually bind to a receptor site. And this is why some labs will... will have the opportunity to measure free T3 and free T4. So when you're looking at what's actually available to bind to receptor sites on a blood test, that's the free T3 and free T4 levels. So you may see in lab test the word total or the word free for T3 or T4. So with total, what they're referring to is that they're measuring the amount of free hormones and the amount of hormones that are bound to proteins. However, when you look at the ratios and percentages of what total hormones mean, you basically have 99% of all thyroid hormones of either T4 or T3 bound to proteins. It's only that 1% that's off. So so realistically in a clinical scenario, when you see the word total T4, total T3, 99% of those numbers are protein bound. So what you're really measuring are protein bound levels of T4, and protein-bond levels of T3. That 1% free percentage of that total isn't enough to even change that laboratory test out of range. And this is why um, labs have made available testing for free T3 and free T4. And this is why some clinicians want to look at free T3 and free T4 levels, because they want to see what amount of those hormones are actually available to receptor sites. So let me recap. The main marker for thyroid function is TSH. The pituitary pituitary gland releases TSH. TSH activates TPO, thyroid peroxidase, which is the enzyme that makes thyroid hormones. The thyroid gland then makes T4 and T3, and those are bound to proteins. The protein is thyroid binding globulin. And those hormones bound to proteins can now circulate throughout the body without immediately attaching to a receptor site that's the whole purpose of thyroid binding globulin attaches these proteins that can, they can transport to peripheral tissues some point the thyroid binding globulin cleaves off and that's where you have free T3 and free T4 and it's really this free T3 and free T4 that can actually bind to the receptor site so that's those are the the main markers so total T4 total T3 basically mean protein-bound levels, because that total is 99% protein-bound. And then free T3 and free T4 means that those thyroid-binding globulin levels have been removed. Now, there's another laboratory marker that you may see um, tested, and it's called reverse T3. So so what's reverse T3? So remember that when you look at uh, normal function, the thyroid gland produces both T4 and T3, but 90% of what it produces is actually T4. That T4 to really impact metabolism has to be converted to T3. So there are enzymes in all the different tissues in the body that are called 5 DINAS enzymes and they convert that T4 into T3. And if everything's going great, that's fine. But there is a percentage of that T4 to T3 conversion that gets converted to a, a form of T3 that's called reverse T3 and that reverse T3 has no metabolic activity. So for some people, they make a greater percentage of reverse T3 than actual T3. Now, you might ask yourself, like, why would the body make reverse T3 if it's totally inactive? Well, the body makes this reverse T3 because it's a way to protect overstimulation of tissues. So the conversion of T4 to T3 has to have a, a safety check where it doesn't all immediately turn into an active metabolic stimulating hormone that it can, do, it, can, it can have some of it attenuated or calmed down by being converted to a form called reverse T3. So there's a percentage of T3 that will always be converted to reverse T3. But for some people, these ratios change and the reverse T3 levels can go up. And those reverse T3s, when they go up, will then lead to what's called an underconversion pattern or a conversion disorder where they can't convert T4 to T3. Certain medications can do that, uh, inflama- inflammation, infection can do that. Um, there's even associations with selenium imbalances that impact the five deitis enzymes that don't allow for proper T4 or T3 conversion. But those markers are called reverse T3. So basically when you when you're looking at the thyroid markers, you have TSH, which is a pituitary hormone stimulating the gland. You have the thyroid gland producing T4 and T3. The hormones that it's producing are bound to protein. Those are total T4, total T3. And then those hormones get converted to reverse to T3. The T4 gets converted to T3 and makes something called reverse T3. We want to make sure that's not too high, because that means it's unhealthy conversion. And at some point, that thyroid binding globin levels leave, and you get circulating levels of free T3 and free T4. So those were all those lab markers mean. Now, you could have defects all along this pattern. So let me give you some examples. Um, if your TSH is up, that means your thyroid gland's not working. <laughs> so that means uh, something's wrong with your follicular cells of your thyroid gland producing thyroid hormones, and your pituitary is putting out a lot of TSH. So That's your classical hypothyroidism. Now, you could have a person that has... Normal TSH, meaning they don't have hypothyroidism, their T4s are normal, but their T3 levels are low. And if their T3 levels are low, and also if the reverse T3 levels are high, that's called an under-conversion pattern. That's where they can't convert T4 to T3. And those people have symptoms of hypothyroidism, even though they don't actually have hypothyroidism. And these are known in endocrinology um, circles or Endocrinology textbooks as uh, NTIs, non-thyroid illness patterns. So there's something wrong with thyroid metabolism, but it's not related to the thyroid being dysfunctional. So when a person can make thyroid hormones and their gland is healthy, their TSH is healthy, their T4 levels are healthy, they just have low T3 levels. So that's an underconversion pattern. There's nothing actually wrong with a thyroid gland, but they can't convert T4 to T3. Now, so that's a common pattern that can cause thyroid symptoms but it's not actually hypothyroidism there's also the possibility that's sometimes for some people their thyroid glands working so tsh is normal they can produce hormones so their total t4 total t3 is normal but they can't get into a free state that there's something impacting the thyroid goblin, thyroid binding globulin uh, binding and they can't get their hormone levels free. And that's when they will have free T3 levels that are low or free T4 levels that are low. And when that happens, they can have thyroid symptoms. And those things typically occur when things like medications raise thyroid binding goblin, the most common one being, for example, oral contraceptives. The estrogens and oral contraceptives are a common source for many females, but not all where they get this increased TBG activity and end up with thyroid symptoms. Their doctor checks their TSH. TSH looks totally normal because there's nothing wrong with their thyroid gland. But when you actually measure T4, T3, and free T4, and free T3, you see that T4 and T3 are normal because the thyroid gland's making it. But something's impacting the ability for that binding protein to come off, and that free T3 and T4s are off. So this is a binding protein issue. So those are almost always due to medications. So that's what the, that's, those were all the different markers of the thyroid panel. So TSH to know if your thyroid gland's working, total T4, total T3 with the thyroid glands producing. T3 to, to look at if it's converting. If it's not converting well, you have reverse T3. And then if the thyroid binding globin levels are coming off, that's where free T3 and T4 come in. Now we talk about this a lot in our course. Um, Hashimoto solving the puzzle and we teach you how to go through your lab tests and we explain to you all the different markers and different patterns that can occur if you'd like to learn more about that in details and see the charts and diagrams we put together to to share this with you please check out uh this program called Hashimoto solving the puzzle at at drknews.com thank you for your time
0: You can find all of this information and more at drknews.com slash podcast there you'll find the show notes readings and links related to this episode you can also find dr karazian's blog at drknews.com the best thing to do is sign up for his weekly newsletter where he will update you on the latest research and clinical strategies related to chronic and autoimmune health conditions on social you can find him on instagram facebook and pinterest with the username datis karazian This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of medicine, nursing, or other professional health care services, including the giving of medical advice. And note, no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to the podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not delay or disregard obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they have and should seek the assistance of their health care professionals for any such conditions. To learn more about Dr. Karazian's disclosures and the companies he advises, please visit drknews.com forward slash about.